0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Break it down, Dada. Break Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh.
1: All right.
0: All right. Welcome back to the show, Downers. My name is Matt Carter, and this is the Break It Down podcast. I'd like to give a special thanks to all the Wolves at the Gate fans uh, for hosting us on Wolves at the Gate's Facebook page tonight. Uh, this is a podcast that I do regularly. My name, I said, is Matt Carter from Emory. If you're interested in this show and you want to find out more about it, you can go to BreakItDownPod.com. You can get it on iTunes, YouTube, all that kind of stuff over there. So I'm here tonight, and everybody's in for a treat because I have a friend of mine, Steve Kabuchi. Thanks for being here tonight, Steve. What's up, man? So uh, you seem like you're in a home studio. Is that what it is? You said you're at your home studio there?
1: Yep, it's a little home studio not too much, but enough to get the job done.
0: Well, it looks really good, actually. And that's, I noticed right there, just off the top of, you know, just from looking at it for a second, <laughs> that's the same rig you have on tour right there yep. in, in your house. So this is attached to your house and you have all your band gear and all that stuff in there?
1: Yeah, because I'm always trying to tinker with tone and mm-hmm. different tones for songs. And so it's nice to have it at home to, because you can only do so much at Soundcheck. So
0: do you have a, a big enough place to have a whole room or a wing or what, what do you have there, home studio wise?
1: uh basically this is like the basement of the house so it's Mm -hmm. mostly like the whole footprint of the house it's actually pretty big
0: so you have a big home studio in there in new jersey so that's probably not cheap real estate either that's good
1: no (laughs) yeah it's not cheap
0: but is it a rental home or do you (laughs) own a place there
1: no we actually own this house
0: well, congratulations. This is my garage yeah. that I work out yeah. of here. So I
1: was gonna ask you where you were, because yeah. uh, the wall looks pretty sweet.
0: Yep, this wall is really sweet. So, um, okay, this is one of the things I wrote down. We'll just jump right into it, Steve. You're a construction guy, and I'm not yeah. like you, but I did <laughs> I did probably forty percent of the work on this. I probably sunk forty percent of the screws in this uh <laughs> detached garage that we turn into a full apartment I did all of the work here with a, uh just with some other skilled labor I paid people hourly to help and and me and one other person at any given time and we did the, did the whole project which was like a dream come true for me um but you do construction like as a day job and everything
1: huh yeah when we're off the road that's that's what I do to to make money I guess okay yeah. so
0: what I, what I'm interested in as far as that goes is do you find that there's any kind of Uh, connection there or is it just something you do is it something that you care about and like and find craftsmanship in in any way relating to how uh, music or composing music is a satisfying thing
1: yeah definitely because the fine details I guess like I I I enjoy doing that because there's things that you do in a song that like people won't ever care about Mm -hmm. but you know it's there and it makes a difference to you in like the you know, construct of a right. song. And so, so like for me, you know, working either on somebody's house or building something for somebody, they're not going to care that I spent like the extra hour to do this or that, mm-hmm. but it's going to make it that much better. And they would never know, but it really does make it better. So
0: like the, the extra detail or how well your cuts are, the way you overlap stuff, even if it's hidden behind trim, you take great pride in those details you're saying and the st- stuff that you
1: build. Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of times like people don't know... How you got from point A to point B. All they care about is the finished product. They don't yes. care about really how painstaking it was for this or that to happen. Because even like with the song, like trying to explain things to people, they don't know what it's like to have to like like go through so many bad like vocal ideas or like bad guitar Mm -hmm. ideas and then the same thing with like working in people's houses too or building stuff for people they don't really care about the struggle of how you got there Mm -hmm. they're just like oh cool you made this or oh cool you installed my kitchen you know yeah but for them it's like they didn't realize that when i opened up a wall the previous cabinet installers uh, drilled the uh, screwed the cabinet right into their waistline and they're Fecal matter was pouring into their kitchen for fifteen years. Whoa. You know, <laughs> so it's like stuff like that. It's like,
0: they need a nail plate, right where there's a, there's a pipe. Supposed exactly. To be
1: there, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> that's really funny. The um the thing I think that's really good, and the other thing about music is you'll make this whole this whole thing, and there's all these details that aren't there. Um, in the final product that you know are in the tracks when it's multi-tracked yep. before it gets mixed. And then you get the whole product there, and then somebody's, the first thing, some an unskilled or an untrained person, not that their opinion's not valid, but they'll still notice some little tiny flaw or detail, uh, and no. they'll just drive you crazy because they're missing, yeah. the whole, missing the whole point. I bet that's the same in construction, a client not being happy with something oh, totally yeah. silly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they say the devil's in the details, but sometimes it feels like it's the opposite. You know, like... Mm-hmm people care about something that was like, you care about that? Like, you know, uh, but I remember when we put out five by five, some kid posted and said like, uh, your voice was kind of attitude on this part, you know? <laughs> and I was like, that's cause I didn't sing it perfectly. You yeah. know, it's like, you know, you're, you're in trouble if you, like, oh, everything sounds perfect. You know, I wish it was more raw. It's just kind of the way it is.
0: So that's the thing, though, because it's really another good parallel is, and you notice this wall behind me, the only reason you notice it is because it's, it's not plain white drywall with standard texture on it. It's, it's yep. something of character, which means inherently it's it's different. It's flawed. The paint's not perfect. and and. and ironically i went to a lot of detail to make it flawed the the way it is yeah i I went you know i had to get the tongue and groove board i put it on the rough side and then i stained it and then whitewashed it but just so it would look the way i wanted it to look and attitude vocal is the same thing it's not that you didn't know that your vocal is a little out of tune there that's something you elected not to fix so being able to criticize being able to identify a flaw doesn't mean that it shouldn't be there and it doesn't mean anything good about you that you can identify to you know that just that you can pick out something being 20 cents flat or something
1: yeah exactly yeah because that's the thing too is uh i remember i can't remember what part it was but i remember when they said that uh like i read that comment i was just laughing because it was like i wanted you to know that i did it basically like i actually did that so i didn't you know as a listener you can listen and go Man, he actually sang that part. That wasn't like completely corrected in this and that because there's certain things that I feel like your character has to come through, and there's certain things that you just need to nail it. And if you didn't nail it, it's got to get fixed a little bit. So, Mm -hmm.
0: but yeah, do you think that it's? uh, Do you think we're up against a point of of production and sound that it's? A dangerous place of of what we can correct. I mean, where are you at within oh, with yeah. the produ- production spectrum? Because I hear your music, and I hear mm-hmm. even on this new album, it's uh to me the album is very alive sounding. It is good. I do mm-hmm. not have a complaint that it's overproduced, but cool. on, at the same time, it's it's tight and it's clean mm-hmm. and it's nice. And I wonder what is your philosophy on that? Like, how do you determine for you and for Wolves at the Gate how perfect to get things?
1: Yeah. Well. It's tough because even like listening back, I wish that it wasn't as tight. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm always listening to our records, wishing, I wish that it it was a little bit more loose. You know, Uh, because I know, uh, but just because uh, every time like I play it normally, like certain parts like riffs, I'll play it normally, and I'm like, man, there's something about it just being rough that is better. Mm -hmm. And I don't. It's tough because like the producer's got to put his name on it and then i also have to play it really right really rough too uh-huh. so it's like still trying to find that middle ground but when it comes to production like i don't know i want it to sound as real as possible without it also sounding not fun you know because mm-hmm. some bands that sacrifice like it just set like you want to listen to something that sounds fun you know yeah, I don't, don't think want people identify dead.
0: that, though. Under, when you're under the microscope and you hear a guitar part bent out of tune or the intonation mm-hmm. not good, that can be the worst thing in the world. Or yeah. it can be good, and it's really hard to have that perspective in the moment. But when I go back to the other albums, ones that I engineered or obsessively engineered or over-engineered, I, don't, I definitely am not proud of that. And I know if yeah. I'd have left more mistakes or more character, I should say, I would have liked it better to this day. I know that yeah. I would, and I don't have, um, I can't find any place where I go back and listen to really any of our albums where I feel like, ooh, that was, maybe there's a few, maybe on our third record, I'm Only a Man, there's a few things I say, we could have tightened that one up, but um, <laughs> but for the most part, no, not, I really just wish there was more flaw, I wish we had fixed less things, and I don't know what that yeah. means, because I don't know how you go into a project, I'm thinking, actually, let me tell you an idea, Okay. I'm a Pro Tools guy, right? So I do everything in uh-huh. Pro Tools. Pro Tools is great for editing. And I'm mm-hmm. really really good at it. You know, I'm sure there's some people out there better, but I just don't I feel like I can edit it, it's just I love it. I feel like I'm looking at the matrix. I can do everything I want to do. Um but that's a, a hindrance. So on on our last record, I did uh, I took I, did, I reinstalled Pro Tools and took off all plugins. So I had no plugins to, went doing the record. So I couldn't mess with any sounds. I gave myself that limitation. So wow. I still edited some. I Edited less on purpose. But I didn't use even any plugins other than if something was just really driving me crazy, I would roll off the bass or something. But I did not do any sound processing, replacing, try to get any grip on what the final sound should be. So I was only focused on the tracks. And I thought that helped. And here's what I'm thinking about doing on the next record. I think that I'm going to not use Pro Tools and use Logic, which I have... I can't figure out how to even hit the record button in GarageBand <laughs> or Logic. I don't know how to use it at all. But I'm thinking, if I put that constraint on myself, I would literally have no ability to do anything other than hook it up, put a mic in a good place, and play it until I get it right. And that's all I'll be able yeah. to do. And so I'm thinking, maybe tracking all the instruments in, in and t- with that limitation, you know, maybe that'd be a good idea.
1: I think that's awesome. Yeah, I know what you mean because I I do very similar things when I'm working on new songs uh like a lot of it too is just like tone wise i'll just i'll delete presets so that i have to recreate something because your tastes change but it's so easy just to pull up your preset you know for me like on the axe FX, or even just like on my actual amps you know to just leave it where it's at you know it's fun to just mess up the dials and start again because you know i'm hearing new stuff all the time yeah and so i definitely see value in that and uh I like the challenge. I tell that, that you, you, though, <laughs>
0: that guitar tone thing is the squirreliest of all sound things because it's such a bizarre, unnatural sound. A guitar yeah. coming through a speaker distorted with a microphone on it coming back and out of another speaker into the air into your ears. its yeah. It sounds like if you isolate it and then start playing with the mic setting or something, it is just... It's mush. Like who, you, yeah. you lose your equilibrium and after you've listened to like three different versions of it. Yeah, you have no clue what you're listening to, and I don't. I mean, I guess people do. I don't. I have no Some clue what is going on once I've tried three different uh, a 421 <laughs> and a 57 on center, off center. At that point, I'm I am toast. I am done. I have no way to know if it's good or bad after I've tried more than three different things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. It's like. Yeah, at that point, I'm, it's, I'm like dead to the sound. I can it's hear like, the
0: difference. I just have no reference of what would be good or what would be bad. Yeah, what's yeah. better?
1: Yeah, because yeah, all of it's like, oh, I hear that that's different, but maybe that could be, I oh, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting when I get guitar tone to record Yeah, or even live, but I think that's kind of fun not knowing because you still kind of keep that youthful spirit that you had when you first started playing guitar and writing music, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So um, another thing that's interesting is like uh, you sent me, and I really appreciate you doing this. You sent me some of your early uh, voice memos and stuff like this for some of the stuff on this record, <laughs> which I love doing on this show. Uh, and it, it's the, even those things aren't usually as embarrassing as you would think think they would right. be. And I, something hit me when I was listening to these today. It's like. Even these almost sound fresh to me in a way that a polished album doesn't. And, and almost, like, I know the songs weren't complete when you were working these out, but it almost <clears> feels to me like a good songwriter with a good song, if you would go back and just record the whole song acoustic with you into your yeah. iPhone, I actually would think that actually might be fun to listen to. But um, yeah. let's do a couple of them. Here is a, a song called Lowly, which I really like. And here is a, this is a, what is this? You want an acoustic doing this. See if we can hear this.
1: Yeah. you already
0: had a good amount of lyrics going at this point
1: yeah yeah because i was doing a lot of the you know in my head and uh that whole line i wrote pretty quickly so that's like the ones that i sent were like rare moments where i could write lyrics fast uh normally it's just kind of like painstaking to get lyrics out
0: so there's some na na lyrics there Yep. <laughs> okay. So, is that a tip, what we just heard there? Is that a typical demo for you? Is that how the song starts? How much had you worked on it before you put that down on your iPhone?
1: Um, I actually had a lot of the music written, and so one of my like this is like my process is uh, I usually will write kind of like structure, like chord structure and melody just mm-hmm. on the acoustic, but it's all just you know la la la, and then I'll write the instrument version of it you know, record it on my computer. And then I basically just like whenever I'm driving or whatever, I listen to it and try and work out the melodies to make sure okay. I'm going everywhere I want to go. Cause you know when you're sitting on the acoustic and working out a melody, you don't have every note figured out. Right. You're kinda of just like like a snake kinda of like sliding through everything. Mm-hmm. And I wanna get it all figured out so I know what I need syncopation wise or yeah, rhythmically for lyrics. Then. All right.
0: So in that really quick answer there, you've revealed to me a very ton about the way about the way that you work, <laughs> and that's a lot because that what what you've described there. I think I, I think there's a lot of people that are like that, but there's so mm-hmm. many front men. I, I think that's the less common approach. That's very very similar to the way I work, um, mm-hmm. and it's very far off from what I say is the the the, the, the pure expressive type. The, yeah. You know, because there's a lot of people who um, there's a lot of people who basically what you're saying we don't that song people in the live feed didn't hear it. No. Huh. Well, crap, Steve. Hang on one second. There's no real. <laughs> did you hear? Can you hear it? This side, not- well, why not? That should be coming out the same master send as everybody else. Give me one second, everybody. I'll see if I can't fix it, but. That should have been there. Um, Crap. It really should be there. Let me try one more, one thing really quick. Can you verify if I've got it now, Reva? If I try it again? I'll try one more thing here.
1: It's probably awesome for everyone to watch us sit in silence. I know.
0: I thought they would hear it, but that's okay. I'll, I'll put it in the podcast. But live video, people. My apologies if we don't get it. I don't. I can't troubleshoot it in the middle here. But. How about now? So they'll hear it starting again. Okay. Well, I'm going to turn it down and let people hear it while, while I talk again. I'm going to find my spot. I was on. I was saying something really cool. Let me try to remember what it was. Okay. What I was saying, Steve, is the pure expressive types and I know it's a spectrum probably, but there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who they sit down because they have sometimes a lyric idea or a thought or a, a for, or a uh, a message even that they want to get out or a melody is popping out of their head and they just noodle on the guitar um, or something like that. Where you know, And that's like the, the pure performer, the person that's, I'm here to express myself. I'm the artist. Mm-hmm. And all the rest is details to them and it's for yeah. other people to do. And I think that's a, a I mean, and those people are really valuable. Um, mm-hmm. But I am, I am very, very, very far away from that. So when people even <laughs> use the term artist or um, even musician, almost to me doesn't doesn't feel like it describes me. I feel like, uh, and the way you describe yourself is much more this way. It's more like composer, and it's more like builder. Honestly, mm-hmm. you, like yeah. you, you started with what you say is the foundation, which you said was chord structure, harmonic. It- Content yeah. and you don't even have any melody yet, and so you build that harmonic content to know that it's going to be solid and secure and that there's going to be a lot of potential fertile ground to grow that on. And then, what'd you say you do, right? Next? Then you explore, uh, then, you, expo- then you, you go arrange it in the computer. Did you say that? Yeah, and yep. turn it into arranged parts. Yeah, uh, and so then you're kind of designing at that point. I mean, you're really mm-hmm. doing some design work, and I still think that, I mean, and of course, there's creativity and all those things, but it's different than personal expression there's an element to that but you're really designing when you're arranging and then you go start exploring melody so now you're just you know painting and trying picking out trim and things like
2: that right (laughs) yeah
1: yeah
2: and then after
0: that but you you what's interesting about you is uh that you're able to keep going past there and and finish melodies which is still composition and then even into lyrics and message so a Mm -hmm. lot of people that start on the very uh on that other end that, I'm, that, that you and I are on rare, a lot of times those people like to quit before they get all the way to lyrics and, and mel- melody and lyrics yeah, so and how true. is it for you um, I mean is it weird to get all the way to lyrics there do you, is, that, is that a part you like doing or you just feel like you need to do lyrics how do you, how do you cause that you know yeah, that's I the mean, most creative and personal and there's no good there's no right or wrong way to do that part so how do you how do you get there
1: yeah, I think it's pretty like song specific because like like the song we were doing right now, "Lowly," uh, I would definitely say there was a lot of like expressive things. Mm-hmm. You just like kind of like billowing inside. I want to get out almost, and um, there's certain songs that have that feeling and that tone. Other songs like that are just more and Like I don't necessarily feel the need to like express something I'm feeling, but more so like. Hey, what can I say that really kind of fits the tone right. and feel of this song?
0: See, but that's interesting um, though because that mean, it almost feels like there'd be an emptiness to that, and I don't get that. I feel like your lyrics yeah. are good and strong and something that people even really identify with a lot. But on the other hand, you're describing it as if lyrics were yet another part that you have to do before a song is complete. Like, well, this yeah. needs a guitar part and needs a you know it needs some yeah. drum fills. I guess I got to write a second verse. Like it sounds a little (laughs) divorced from the fact of I'm Steve and I have this message that I've got to get out and the song is the vehicle. You know what I'm saying? That's a different approach.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what it is? Like I don't find myself to be that important that I would feel that way about like expressing. Mm -hmm. It's more so for me, like I love creating music. Mm -hmm. I love like building something like you're talking about, like that whole process you spoke about. I was just like, Yeah, like I love doing that. And then for me, on top of it, I really do love communicating a message but nothing ever there's i don't think there's anything that really takes like a precedent of just like oh like when you said i don't feel like an artist i feel the same way
0: you don't feel, I like, feel like an like, artist no okay
1: because i don't like you and i probably like wear the same shirts we've been wearing for like 10 years i've,
2: I've noticed like do, yeah.
1: yeah i've noticed that about you like i think that's probably why we see eye to eye because like we're not like trendsetters or really trend followers it's there's like I feel like that part of my brain just kind of missing. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what a man bun is. I don't know why people are doing that. Um, You know, and I, I don't see myself that way. So I don't think I create that way. Mm -hmm. I think there's people that see themselves as artists and that's why they end up creating that way. It's all like a matter of perception.
0: Well, I don't feel yeah. That's that's true. Like uh, for sure, there's there's the uh, the perception thing there, and a lot of people are tied up in wanting to be perceived away, which isn't. I genuinely like the building and the exploring part, and I don't <clears> feel <throat> like a poser. Like I'm not really a musician or an artist. Right. I understand that I am. I understand that yep. I'm in that category. I don't feel like I'm a, a fake or a fraud or an imposter, But I just feel like I studied the musicians and the artists, and then I'm just doing what they do. But I I understand what they're doing. I don't even think they understand it, and they don't have to. They don't need to. It's not a requirement. (laughs) But I understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I've studied it enough, and now I can do it. That's pretty funny. That's pretty cool. And then I can do it to to such a degree that people think I'm one of them. I think that's (laughs) cool.
1: While also not, like you actually, it's funny, yeah. It is kind of like this catch-22 because you're not an imposter, but it feels like one because it's not, you're not like in a dark room Mm. like strumming out your feelings. You're thinking, man, it was really cool that these guys did this and I want to find a way to recreate that feeling and I love that. I love the idea of like, because I you you get a feeling when you hear a song or a part, and you're like, man, I want to recreate like that tension right. or like that power. you know, f- that's kind of the way I work is like I'm affected by somebody's creativity and it w- makes me want to create my own, not like copy them, but like go, yes. okay, I, I see you did that. I want to see what my version looks like
0: that's that's exactly right. So let's play a riff or something else that you've got here. There's a uh, I think this is cool. See if y'all can hear this. Hopefully it works in the feed. Okay, so the last demo was on uh, acoustic, and it was, a, <clears throat> a, you know, like a, a through song. And here we got a, you were jamming on the electric guitar. Do you sit down and write on the electric guitar through the amp a lot of times? Yeah,
1: yeah. I just kind of, like, when I have to write riffs, I get on the electric. Mm-hmm. When I'm trying to compose, acoustic.
0: Mm-hmm. So what were you, what when you say you were looking for something to get a feeling or an emotion or something out like of that, what, what do you think you were trying to, come up what what was that trying to feel like to you what were you looking for
1: um well i wanted like a powerful kind of riff like you know because in heavy music there's this breakdown that i don't understand really at the end of the day i've realized i don't know what anybody calls a breakdown because i think it's almost subjective Mm -hmm. uh and so for like for me what i think is powerful is like full sounds and like try and do like big chords and so i wanted like a full big chord sounding riff that would have like some power and also kind of like aggression because that's why there's like there's slides like the they're all kind of like slides yeah and i thought that kind of would create like a uh a different feel than just going like you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh so just like those those were like little things I was fumbling through and that was my first run through that riff which is the main riff in Flickering Flame yeah, and
0: so that song's already been out so let's play what that song turned into a, a little bit here see if this see if we got this here this is the right song correct? yeah yeah That's how the whole thing arranges out. So it's pretty true to the original riff right there. You know, you had the the part, and it's you know, it's, it's interesting to hear it all the way in the finished product. Let's do let's look at another one. I just got a few clips here that I think are interesting. Let's let me dig up another one. Um, this is a neat this is another part part that uh this is acoustic here. <laughs> I like the the voicings on this one is what's interesting. Clearly, you were trying to figure out some interesting non-standard chord voicings. Yeah. It didn't sound like something you've heard before.
1: Yeah, which is gets harder and harder each mm-hmm. record. <laughs> it does. Um,
0: what? Uh, so, do you write a lot on the acoustic? You like? Yeah. What? How do you determine what, what's acoustic and what's not?
1: Just um, if you
0: have one laying around.
1: It's sometimes it's a lot quicker for me to do that like cuz it's just so natural you know like with the electric there's so many things i could do like just seems like there's countless amounts of effects and tones and before i fi- like i just get too wrapped up in that sometimes trying to figure out what the tone should be and or like what i even want to play and so it's just easier to grab the acoustic it's got one sound you know and you just hop on it and uh and i like i do a lot of different tunings like open sort of tunings like that was like a kind of like an open like d minor ish tuning um and so it's it's fun to do the acoustic because you can hear the chord so much better too um and so it really helps me figure out everything i'm hearing in the chord so that when i go to the electric it makes sense yeah
0: yeah and this really does i mean it really does make a lot of sense and it's really easy to follow and trace how it is this, and then it's the next thing, the next thing. So the other w- other trick there when you compose and do it in sections is you can, and I, I'm going to guess you'll agree with me on here. Feel free to disagree. But you kind of can focus on one thing, like coming up with that part, and then you'll save that part. And then when you come back to it later, you can put it out of your mind what you had in mind in the first place and just take this other part as if somebody else wrote it. And you put right. on another hat, which is, oh, I would like to arrange this riff. You know, it almost feels separate. And then, then again, you get those arranged. Then you wipe your mind again and say, "Here's what we have now. Let me think f- totally freely about melody or you know, layering other things like that." So to me, the longer time yeah. I have between when I made the demo and when I go back to work on it, the easier it is to mm-hmm. not want to go back and change what it is. Do you have that? Effect? Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and the other thing too is I find that when I'm giving myself time to think about what I uh, what I did to, uh, like, it's so easy to just like run through and just play a bunch of riffs, and then like I know if I'm gonna go listen to that a couple of days later, I'm gonna hate so much of it because I didn't really like take the time to figure everything out. Because mm-hmm. I just I just don't I can't work like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's certain times it does work, but for the most part. Yeah, Some of my favorite
0: uh, things that I've done or felt the best about were stuff that I did really quickly, didn't think about, and then forgot about it, and then was digging through my voice memos maybe even two years later. The, oh yeah. You know, the longer the better really. And then there's yep. these just nuggets of stuff that I know I have no memory that that I wrote it or did it. Yeah. And I know for a fact that I'm not copying, <laughs> I'm not stealing because <laughs> yeah. and nobody else has this. And I'm like, "Wow, this is great." And I have all yeah. these folders of Toby doing all these throwaway things. I know he never thought about it again too. So I have this like gold mine. All I do is go back. I, I should be really more disciplined. I should make 10 ideas a week and just, you know, that are 20 seconds long and not think about it and then come back. Yeah. I really wish i had that discipline i don't um but when i do that i just feel like wow this is a gold mine you know it's these really terrible demos or poorly played this or that but there's something about it where you go whoa that already yeah. exists i already accept it as a a a, a thing that was composed Oh, yeah. You hear it that way. And then it gives you the confidence to go forward with it in that regard versus so. And that's one of the big challenges when you're doing so many different steps along in the building is not second guessing yourself and saying, man, maybe I shouldn't have done that chord progression anyway. Once you get onto, once you're into phase three working on melody and you want to go back and start second guess your chord progression, knowing that it's you that did it, you kind of Mm -hmm. work yourself into a hole that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The voice memo is like, no Wolves of the Gate record would exist without that voice memo mm-hmm. app on the iPhone it's so huge for me and it's funny like that song lowly was like uh, when I went to actually go write the song I found the voice memo and it was mm-hmm. like two years old already and it's like right our on. favorite s- song on the record it's and it was like fresher, some- then yeah yeah and, but and it was like something that I looked at on a record before I was just like what am I supposed to do with this like you know when you hear those voice memos you're like what is this yeah you know because it was a lot of like really bad acoustic playing and like humming and I'm like this just sounds really dead and boring but for some reason when I came back to it on this record I was like oh I know what to do with this
0: okay so the next phase is you get into what it would be pre. okay well first of all let me ask you a question about collaboration how Mm -hmm. do you like to collaborate at Um, all or some like what, what what place does collaboration have for you
1: uh it's hard because I actually haven't like, especially guitar wise, I haven't collaborated in a long while, mm-hmm. um, which I would love. I'm like at the point now where to me, like I just think about how cool it would be to collaborate with another musician that I really respect just to get outside of my own mm-hmm. creative space. Cause it drives me nuts sometimes to just like see how predictable I can be. Um, but within the band, uh, you know, like we have a new our, our drummer on this record, Abishai, this is his first record with us, working with him on the drums because like I'll program out all of my drum ideas, but mm-hmm. it was so awesome to go through drums with him because he's so creative. And he took parts like and wrote, Completely new drum parts that completely changed the feel but made it 10 times better, yep. so that was so That's a cool. Good feeling
0: instead of the yeah, other way. <laughs> you have oh gosh, things. yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm sure you have that tension where, you're like, well, this, this pattern's that way for a reason, though, you know, it's yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean,
1: but it's funny because I have that feeling, mm-hmm. and I like, I just tell myself, like, the dude plays drums all the time, yeah, I, I don't, up. and. And so and and for every single one of those I'm just like I'm so glad it's his part and not my idea cuz it, it was so much better, you know. You know,
0: I bet you with the proliferation of drum sequencing being so easy and so good sounding, you would <clears> think <throat> that'd be a great thing for drummers, but I bet you overall it really sucks for them that People like me get to go in and program stuff and say, This is how it should be. Trust me, this is good. This is actually good. You probably yeah. need to stick to what I'm doing here. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, that instead of, I know what you mean, can you please play drums with my riff? Uh, maybe, and I could have an idea that I could try to beatbox to the, him, uh, what I would yeah. used to have to do, but now I can make yep. really good sounding drums that are just what I think they ought to be. <laughs> so it yeah. probably is not the best for drummers that sequencing is so easy now.
1: I know. They're, I know. And that's, he values that's them what, a, a lot. Exactly. I know. And that, it, it makes it seem like, hey, I, I could do drums, dude. It's yeah. not that hard, you know. But I-, I try to tell him like, these are just my ideas. Like, feel free- feel free to run with it. Um, but it was cool because he did say there was like a couple parts in the record where I did something where he's just like, I wouldn't have thought of that, mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty cool. Which is cool for me because I-, I really can't play besides like four on the floor, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: So. The next phase after that is once you get it arranged and everything, then you get to pre production. And you shared with me a folder of your pre production stuff, which is so bizarre because I remember I always feel like pre production is still these really rough, this or that or whatever. But more and more now, when bands have pre production or when we have it, or when I hear people's pre production, I'm like, well, golly, it sounds so, sounds like almost really the record. I know there's different, but yeah. so here's one that stood out to me, maybe because the working title was Bo Jackson, but that's why I checked it out. But let's listen. This is your pre production. So let's hear this. I thought this would sounded really good. So tell me what you what you remember, or notice about this. What was real or sequenced or uh, a simulated tone or, or what?
1: Yeah. So everything. I'll let it go in the background. Yeah. Everything about the pre-pro is actually like in the box stuff, except for the guitars. Uh huh. Um, but even with the guitars, like. I didn't mic an amp because at my old place I didn't have space to do that and I use uh, like the Palmer cab sim boxes. Uh And so I just went, uh, I actually blended 6505 and my uh, Dual Terror right here Mm -hmm. through two boxes and so that's where that guitar tone is. Uh, But it's funny I was laughing at the title. Are those sequence drums? Yep. I mean, that's
0: hilarious. Superior
1: drummer, I know. Yeah. Yeah, just superior drummer. Um, but uh, I, was, I was laughing because I titled this song Bo Jackson because I just wanted it to be hard-hitting. Yeah. And okay. whenever I think of it, I'm just like, what's something, like, something stupid that the guys will laugh at? And Bo Jackson was the one.
0: It's hard to shake <laughs> the working titles a lot of times when you... Uh when you get yeah. you get through it and you're used to calling it Bo Jackson for so long. So I'm gonna play a little bit of the final version of that, even though I don't think I mean, technically this would be a little sneak peek uh, premiere. Yeah. That one is this is called Weary Ground, is that the same track? Yep. Okay. So yep. I know that it hadn't officially premiered and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on that, but I'll just give a little taste of this just so here yeah. with a difference in the pre pro and the final version. And I, I'm telling you, I hear a big difference there. I know you do too. I, a lot of people, I don't think you hear that is very different at all. Mm-mm. But if you pay attention, to, if you really could have it in A B and listen to it, you what you really notice is how much more uh, dynamic it is. Like there's, in, even in just the subtleness of the drum, each drum hit, yeah. it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a lot more breath to it yeah. and your ear can take, listen to that one way longer. So a pre-pro yeah. like a sequence thing, you, you get ear fatigue super fast listening to it. It's, yeah. Everything's too loud and all the same volume. So that that's yeah. one of the... It's a weird thing that our demos can sound in some ways louder and better than our final <laughs> records are these
2: days.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean, but that's... yeah, Like you said, it depends on what you define as better because you're right. Like a real drum... You know, a real drummer. All those things mm-hmm. really make it uh, what it should be texturally.
0: Yeah, that it is that way for sure. So, your, let me tell you, I'll give you, I'll give you a compliment here. I, that should go without saying. I like your band. We've been on tour together at least once or twice. So I thought that's a good band. We should take them on tour. And uh, I've having you on the show, so I'm not, and I don't like to overly compliment people because it sounds like you're just playing some game where you bring somebody on right. or, or fluffy, or whatever. But let me give you what I believe is a sincere comment. I don't love the genre that I've been a part of, where it has ended up. I really am not a big fan of what mm-hmm. I thought that Emory or we were doing. Not that it's that important or people even care, but. I don't love what the fullest extensions and the current uh, iterations of what I think of as heavy, screamy, hardcore, emo, screamo, whatever those things are. I don't love where that ended up for the most part. Yeah. You you guys and you have taken this genre to the place where it's exactly where I want it to be. It's This is what I like. This is what mm-hmm. still feels to me and it it sounds new and it sounds modern. It's not throwback stuff but mm-hmm. this current sound to me is totally comfortable to my ear it doesn't sound like kids doing something silly or copying it doesn't sound to me like it's um uh all about the breakdown or the polish this or the dancing you know all those Mm -hmm. those different things that i feel like people took elements of and just ran it into the ground this to me is organic uh tense uh aggressive and heavy because Heavy is a terrible word. It's just really, really a terrible word. I mean, you can listen to a, yeah. a, a uh, Ryan Adams song and be like, that is so heavy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> or you can listen to just the most polished, some, I don't know, Attila or something and think that, say, it's heavy. And technically it is <laughs> in the sense that, but it's just not alive and heavy. And, uh, this is alive and it's heavy and it's real and it sounds like real stuff. It sounds like yeah. a man screaming yelling and it's got a vulnerableness to it that Mm -hmm. totally works for me and is completely true to the kind of music that i always liked and and wanted to try to make so good compliment you take that one yeah is it sincere sounding
1: it did sound sincere (laughs) (laughs)
0: it is it is do um do you what do you think about the state of this kind of music or do you identify first of all do you feel like a even a younger band? I don't even want to insult you with that, but do you feel like a, a newer or a younger band? And do you, what, how do you identify yourself uh, uh, genre-wise in that whole?
1: Well, I guess, state? yeah, it is funny. Yeah, because you said, like, do you feel like a younger band? I think I do. Well, we do in the sense of, like, the bands that we respect that still play heavy music that we like we we're, we feel young to them because that's what we look towards. Like a band like Deftones, like mm-hmm. we're a young band. You know, we look at them and we think, man, they do really cool, heavy, powerful music uh-huh. uh, creatively. And um, you know, I think in that sense. But in this scope of the genre, it's really hard. We don't know where we fit in because, and you, we almost don't want to fit in because of like a lot of the stuff that you said um, regarding what it is because it's like it, it's so it feels so strange for us because like the what got us into the music we're into like we finally showed up to the party and it's like gone right is that <laughs> right that's what it feels right. like it feels I- like we finally got the invite and all of our friends left already.
0: Yeah, and don't don't let me insult you if I say what you sound like, but you sound like what we wanted Thrice to do after Artisan Ambulance, and, and you sound like <laughs> what we wanted Alexis on Fire to continue to do and, and stuff like that. I, I, th- those ring yeah. through you, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I love those bands. You like
0: Alexis on Fire?
1: Yeah, I yeah. love Alexis on Fire. Actually, I've actually been going back and listening to the last record they put out um, before they broke up mm-hmm. a lot um, since our record came out or since we finished our record, you know, and I, cause I just miss it, what they were just writing songs. That's really all it was is it was just in the same way that like Bob Dylan r- wrote songs, like these guys wrote songs, but they were heavy and there was yes. like screaming in it. And that's all it felt like to me nowadays. It doesn't have that feeling. It doesn't feel like people are trying to write songs. It no. feels like you said there's like a part or, right they want to get you with that. Like this song's about the chorus. This song's about this. Like when we drop the F bomb, Mm -hmm. this song's about when we tell you to like kill your parents. Like (laughs) (laughs) it's like that songs are not about the songs. They're about like the parts that like kids are going to comment on YouTube and go like three minutes and two seconds was sick, you know? Yeah. As opposed to that was a great song.
0: Let me tell you another thing that I think plays into that. And this is a, a shift that I noticed, uh, And this could be totally subjective. I know the bands before us would say the same about us or something. I know it it may be totally subjective. But to me, especially when I started working in the studio and engineering and producing new bands and good bands and successful bands and signed bands, stuff like that, and I, I got this just super gross feeling when I'd be tracking the band and the bass player, and I tell, ask the bass player something about the song, or say, "Hey, well, maybe you want to um, try this, or do you like this better, or that? Maybe you could play it on the hi- the higher up on the neck, and it wouldn't have that same sounds to do it lower." And they'd just be like, "Yeah, okay, whatever, you know, <laughs> sure, whatever." I said, well, "What about if you play?" Th-? And I wanted to help them with the parts or change the parts, or and they just didn't seem to almost even care about it. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, I know that these same people cared about. They definitely cared about having the record done. Um, being on stage, being seen, and being a dude in a band, or being on tour—it's about mm-hmm. that. It's about I want to be a guy in a band. I need music and a record yeah. to to have that. What the thing that I want, which is the—I don't know if it's recognition or perception—something. I, I I can I can't exactly accuse any individual of it, but I, there was definitely a shift to where the end game was the the. Their persona or their personality or being in the band versus people creating music they wanted to create, and then yeah. you, you get to be on stage or you get a record deal or oh crap I've got to do a photo shoot that t- you know I I looked horrible had no idea about how to dress or what to look like <laughs> never even, that never crossed our mind um, yeah. and and we we had a problem even getting signed because we didn't even think about what we'd wear when we'd go play shows it didn't even cross my mind yeah. what I'd wear. Because I was yeah. going to play music, and I didn't think yeah. it mattered. I mean, would wear extra large yeah. baggy shorts and pants and stuff. And just didn't even think about it in 2002 and stuff. And um, then I was like, oh, we have to have artwork. Oh, man, we got to do photo shoots. Oh, man, we got to do all the stuff <laughs> that isn't the stuff that I ever was thinking about. I was just trying to see if we could make a record that was good, write the songs. Yeah. And I think when that shifted to being a band dude is a cool thing to be, mm-hmm. the output even musically, suffered, and it just turned into a, a different, it's just a different focus, so that's how I would identify that, and you are not that, you're, you're still, maybe the philosophy <laughs> behind yours is the same, it's about creating the the, the music itself.
1: Yeah, no, definitely, and it's funny, because I was thinking back, because you're talking about being signed and stuff, like, I remember Oh, the only reason why I wanted to be signed was so we could go to a real studio, yeah, right. and like record a record. Like mm-hmm. that to me just seemed like amazing. And because I didn't have the resources to do it, right. everything we did was in the box before that. and I was just like, man, I want to go to a studio where like we can hit the drum and like play the amp and somebody's gonna mm-hmm. like help us create tones for our music, you know, I like I'm sure there's still people out there that care about that, but it does it does seem like the scene, doesn't care about that if that makes sense and i'm not a big guy to talk about the scene because i don't even think the scene knows who i am you know because i don't have any face tats or anything so
0: (laughs) (laughs) you get the face tats first and then learn the scales (laughs) next
1: exactly yeah right
0: yeah something about that is there but that doesn't mean that there can't be new music that's good or or people can't like what they like and i'm Mm -hmm. i remember when we did our first big tour it it was supposed to be with uh further seems forever and they broke up and dropped off the tour at like the day of the tour after we drove from seattle to florida <laughs> it was crazy but um you know i knew talking to them and some of the earlier bands that we got to tour with when we were new i know and it wasn't bad but i could tell what they thought of us oh these new kids with this new kind of music and they do this and they are overly trying to put on a show or swing their guitars around or do a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Like I, I knew what they thought about us. It was very right. clear to me, but it was authentic to me at least, but I can see how they yeah. would have said the same thing to, uh, about me. You know, I get that. that that's a it might yeah. just be the way it goes.
1: And to be honest, like this would probably be like, like a really bad day for me, but I would love to like be a fly on the wall and, and like have our record played and like, some of my favorite bands listen to it and just hear what they have to say and it probably would you be, make like me really that, sad <laughs> no it probably make me really sad yeah, but i just i would, but that, would know. that would
0: be for anybody though that's not for you yeah. anybody that that you that went reverse one half musical generation it would yeah. it never would go well for the most part yeah there's exceptions
1: yeah yeah and so that's like that's what always makes me curious because like i feel like if any of those bands listen to our records they'd be like oh you guys are a bunch of hacks you're just trying to do this or you're copying this about us and it's just like they might not it might
0: not be that bad but it's not likely to impress them but if you think about the other way like i I grew up a big nirvana fan and so Uh these things it's just the way it works so i was i did everything i could i couldn't find any there were no shows there was no internet there was no nothing i just knew nirvana if i could find a (laughs) b-side and store a japanese import (laughs) Just anything different. I was so into it. And I would do anything I could to find more of anything like this because it was 1992 Mm -hmm. and there was nothing. And there was all of a sudden there was that. So I found. Everything I could that was that or like that. So when I could read an interview and Kurt Cobain would talk about the Velvet Underground or something, I'd go, oh, mm-hmm. this is going to be awesome. Well, I don't even get it at all. I just thought, well, that's stupid. How could the guy <laughs> that writes the songs I like, like stupid yep. music like that? So it works the other way around too. And if I tell, if say the bands that inspired me, oh, you got to listen to this Mineral song or yeah. something, people are like, that sounds hard. They hate it. Anybody that likes yeah. my music hates the music that made me yep. want to do this. It's just the way it yeah. is, and so of course I don't think Mineral would listen to our music and think it was any good. I wouldn't expect it. Yeah, like.
1: that's true. Yeah, it's funny. I was just watching like some live videos of you know the band Cave In.
0: Yeah, I love Cave In. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One first, I was laughing because like if if anybody like showed up on stage wearing what they wore, then today, yes, pe- people. Could not take them seriously, right? Was, yeah, but it, but it, if yeah. they look like male models, like I think people could get into their record. But yep. it was just so funny watching it because it was just, just a totally different era, you know, of music. And I also was thinking, like, man this is inspiring to me, but our fans would probably think that this is just bad. Absolutely. Just bad music. Like, that guy's not that great at singing because it's out of tune, or, you know, like, that part went two times too long or whatever.
0: And there's exceptions to that, but that Mm -hmm. that generally is the case, and it's just, you know, don't worry about it. You don't need validation from, you know, I don't don't even think, I'm kind of a low validation guy anyway. I don't feel like, I, don't, I just, I don't think people, I think you, everybody should de emphasize their need for validation. I think that would be a good practice yeah. for everybody. So if you like what you're doing and it's working, you got to yeah. just kind of at least, you know, at least you got to kind of rest on that a little bit. I'm enjoying it. It's working. Yeah. That's got to be good enough. If it's not, it's never, you're never going to be happy. You, you know, yeah, exactly. You never will. And another nirvana thing is I have always known that being successful could never be even, could it was always not going to be good no matter what anyway because Kurt Cobain was my idol and he did exactly anything that I would want to do and he was depressed and he killed himself and I yeah and I was just like I at the time he was the best person doing the only thing I thought was cool and the best at it by far anywhere and mm-hmm. he and he was successful as you could ever be to the max really even in the time he was just the biggest it was just that was it. And he killed himself. And I said, "Well, mm-hmm. oh, what's the point? I mean, yeah. how could you not be happy if you did? If you were that successful and got everything you wanted, and it was good? How it made no sense. I was a kid. I was in eighth. I was in ninth grade, eighth grade, when he killed himself. But I couldn't. I just. I had no. I didn't understand the world. I didn't understand sickness and mental illness and drugs. I didn't understand those things. But it just made mm-hmm. no sense to me. And I knew at that moment." Oh, you're never gonna be happy because of something you achieve or accomplish or people like it in yeah. validation. So and oh, I've yeah. always shunned even the notion that that would even be a thing to aspire to want to get praise yeah. directly. That it has to be secondary. Like I'm enjoying it, I get to keep doing it, it's working, let's not rock the boat on that is the way I look at it.
1: Yeah, and, and you know like, for you guys. Yeah. And it's like just even from touring with other bands, like every band we've toured with, like, what they have now is not enough, you know, like big bands, like they're the bands headlining uh, our shows that we're playing. And there's a bunch of kids like showing up for them at the show and they're complaining about like, you know, this or that, or they've done tours where it's sold out every night and they're opening the tour, but they're upset that they're opening it. I'm like, we've never done a tour. Every show was sold out. Mm Like I'd open that tour, you know? So it's like, I constantly see, there's always somebody bigger, there's always somebody who's, you know, it's it's just easy to look up and, and think that there's more to it. But like I love the music I'm writing. I'm love I just love that I get to make records. Absolutely. That's like for me, like a dream for me would just be able to keep making records until I'm I'm old and can, you know. That's uh, that's, that's, that's what, what I would love. It.
0: Well, you know, the good news is you can make records for like 79 cents. So you should be able to do it even in 20 and 30 years. It shouldn't be hard to do if that's all you want to do. <laughs> so
1: good. it's not
0: as big of a barrier to entry as it used to be. So that's the good news. Yeah. The last thing I want to yeah. talk about, and we got to run in a minute, is uh, your singing is very, very cool. Do, um, how do you think about the use of your voice from that screaming, distorted singing thing? If that's not, I know it's a vague question, but how do yeah. you think about that yelling stuff you do? That's also singing.
1: Um, man, there, I just remember wanting to do be able to control my voice in that way so bad. Uh, like when we first started touring, um, that's when I really developed it because it was just spotty. Like I'd go to track before we started touring and I couldn't do it or I couldn't figure it out, and I had to figure out how to do it comfortably without hurting my voice. Mm-hmm. Because there's just so many times where it's like, I want to get this. I want to get melody and like this, you know, umph behind it too. There's just something that doesn't communicate the same if you just sang those same notes as opposed to like this, like pitched sort of sing scream.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, you uh, do think
0: of it as singing, right? I mean, it's very pitched, but it's also screaming yeah. at the same time. It's pretty pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, like it, like uh, like in that song, Weary Ground. There's a like there's a part that you would think somebody should definitely be screaming over that part, but I wanted to like scream and hit notes yes. basically because I felt that was way more powerful than like me sounding like the Cookie Monster or Nick doing like right. a super low scream, you right. know. And so I, I love that because I just think it adds another dynamic to like that energy and and tension.
0: So you intentionally gravitated toward that as the, your favorite kind of scene? Because a lot of people that sing like that, they would say this, uh, it may be a false humility thing, they'd say, well, I don't have a choir boy voice, so that's all I could do. I did. It, was it that, or this literally was the style that you emulated when you were learning to sing and, and wanted always wanted to do? And if so, who were you trying to emulate? Who did you, because that's how um, I learned to sing, you just sing on yeah. top of records. So what were those?
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of both, like, you know who I love, who like who had such awesome control of his voice was Christian from Blindside. Oh, yeah. Like, he would sing and then all of a sudden it turned into a scream and I'm just like, I can't even sing or scream. I don't know how you just did both. Yeah. And I loved how fluid his voice would be in that sense. Um, and so he was a, a big one for me um, that really, I wanted to be able to give the listener both like, or, like, cause he would come down and sing something real soft and it was like, you know, close up on the mic and you can hear like his voice breaking up a little bit. And then he would just like belt a really clean Note or script, like So, I just love this dynamic range. Um, so, he was a big uh, kind of inspiration for me as a singer. That's good. Um, and then, I would say, like, uh, I'm trying to think about, well, Dustin from Thrice, he's another singer who I feel like really knows how to control his voice, because that's the other thing, too, is I to realized pretty quickly, I won't sound like Christian. I don't have his voice. Mm-hmm. I don't sound like the singer from blindside. I sound like me, you know, and some people say I sound like Dustin from thrice, but I don't even sound like him. You know, uh, I still have uh, a quality to my voice that isn't like his. And, and he's got tools in his kit that I don't have, well, but you'd you know? be
0: pretty good at thrice karaoke. I mean, you know, I could,
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, to be honest. Yeah.
1: There. yeah. Well, I would love that. It'd be fun. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so it's definitely like I wanted to be able to develop the ability to be more than just like the guy, like because exactly what you're talking about where post hardcore whatever type music went, it was the guy that sang really clean and then the screamer. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like I want, I, I want it to be able to like switch back and forth, yeah. where it's or, like or this... blend
0: uh, in between on a spectrum yeah. versus a uh, distortion pedal you turn on. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Clean yeah, exactly. And, and crunch. It's not. It's not that. It's a. It's a, a, a dynamic blend of the two where you can push and pull it. But yeah, that comes through. And I think that's one of the best things about it. So, I'll let you go, but last thing, if you can answer it real quick as we go. Mm-hmm. The other thing that would I want people to take away from this is you're not really kidding when you say at some point you couldn't sing or scream or do those things. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do them. Now you can. And right. again, I'll I'll leave it as the construction analogy. You just have to learn how to do stuff and you can do it. Here's what people don't understand is uh, your determination and drive, that's something I wrote down that I, didn't want, that I wanted to talk about, but you have an intensity about you in messaging and talking and laser focus when you're talking to somebody. <clears throat> you're a driven guy and an intense person. <clears throat> uh, and I know that plays into it. You could call it a motor or just drive or whatever those things people call that is. Um, is that Are you aware of that? Do you identify that as, as one of your qualities, your intensity? To me, that just... Intensity plus time with goals equals, oh, oh, this guy's talented. He's an artist. He has these songs. He knows how to build a building. He knows, you know, how to do all those things now because mm-hmm. it's, a, and I just want to announce to people, you don't have to comment on your own self that much, but that's why you're where you are because you have mm-hmm. an incredible amount of intensity and focus and drive. And then you just have some goals and then a certain yeah. amount of time applied to it. Is that really yeah. true for you? Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah and, and I think also like, it, like, even knowing my own limits to a degree, I think helps too. Um, because, well, and also limiting myself. Like, I didn't want to be a shredder. That was never a goal mm-hmm. of mine. You know, kids that say, Can you sweep? No, I can sweep a floor. That's about it. I can't sweep on but the guitar. Are you,
0: are you an intense guy?
1: Yeah. Because person. that's the thing is, I, as a person, I don't know. Um, I'm saying you are. I'm just saying I wonder if you think uh, that or not, if other people uh,
2: tell you that. <laughs>
1: I guess maybe, yeah, I guess in the sense that you're defining it, I would definitely agree. Um, Because when I think intense person, I think like that guy that nobody wants in a conversation because he's too extreme about everything. No, I don't
0: mean that. (laughs) I don't mean that, but you're not, you know, you are focused, like you're with it. If I'm talking to you somewhere, you're looking right at me and we're talking about what we're talking about. You know, and and that quality, I think, and if you're working on guitar, you're just going to be working. I mean, you're doing the thing you're doing is focus.
1: Yeah, and, that makes sense.
0: And drive. And it's int- I, I find you to be an intense person. So I'm not saying that yeah. negative, but that's that's my experience. Yeah. But I correlate that with your set of skills and your success for what it's worth. Cool. So Steve, thank that. you for talking to me tonight. So here's what we got to have everybody do. Um, I'm sure everybody enjoyed just getting to hear from you. And I hope I didn't talk too much. But uh, you've got a new album. And it's mm-hmm. out on the November 11th. I mean, no, 11-4. Sorry, I'm not good. I'm just with numbers there. But it's 11-4, <laughs> November the 4th. And mm-hmm. uh, the it's called Types and Shadows. And I want everybody to pre-order it because pre-order is the lifeblood of a band these days. If you pre-order yes. it, maybe even buy a bundle, that's a big deal for Wolves at the Gate or for any band because it's going to be out soon. It'll be on Spotify and it will get it for free. But if you care, if you're interested in this, if you're interested in Steve and want to support it, go to their web store which is a, a Merch Now store. I don't know the URL but find Wolves at the Gate on Merch Now and get a bundle and pre-order this record Types and Shadows. It'll
2: be out on November 4th. So
1: thank you, November Steve. 4th. Yeah. yeah, my pleasure.
2: Ever heard of stoicism? anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to StoicismPod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.
0: Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor,